Welcome to the cam-university.com podcast practicum. This show is brought to you by cam-university.com, your number one leader in education for all community association managers. Today's show is also brought to you by Jack Real Estate Services, home of the 1% listing fee. Save thousands when selling your home with our 1% listing fee. So let's get started. Your host for the show, Jason Ekman from Jack Real Estate Services and Lynn Sadowski from cam-university.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the cam-university.com podcast practicum. My name is Jason Ekman from Jack Real Estate Services, and I'm your co-host. Our goal of the show is to bring you topics that are centered in and around community association management. Also with me is the chancellor of cam-university.com and my co-host for the show, Lynn Sadowski. Our show today is about lakes and ponds and stormwater management and education, Lynn, which is a brand new topic for me. And to give us all the information we need to have success, we have our special guest, who is Chad Bass from Lake Pros LLC. Chad, what is your background? I guess, what did you have to do to go to school? What did you do to be able to, I guess, work with what we're talking about here, lakes and ponds and stormwater and things like that? Because most people don't even know this is a profession. That's right. And honestly, I was the same way. You know, I went to University of Central Florida. I, I had a passion for the outdoors and the environment. I grew up my whole life outside, you know. I spent weekdays on the lake. I've skipped class at school to be on the lake. <laughs> You're my kind of guy. <laughs> and, and and that passion is really kind of what got me here today. After graduating from the University of Central Florida, I I, uh, I got with a, almost a startup company, uh, not necessarily in the industry, but but at this neck of the woods, and, and I helped build their brand and, and really grow within the industry uh, and met a lot of Good friends uh, along the way. Past that, we've you know I've I've kind of stepped in and, and started to do my own thing in, in a way. Teamed up with with some people that are going to help me spread my wings and and give me the opportunity to be successful in this industry. All right, well that's fantastic. Let me ask you this: What's one thing that you want the people who are listening to this to know about what you do? Is there a standard question like when you go out and you're meeting with clients or potential clients? Is there one thing they always ask you? Well, I think it's not necessarily what they ask me, but I think what they need to know is is your lakes really aren't lakes. Is you know you you buy the house on on the lake and they and the realtor is going to call it lakefront, but it's it's not a lake. Uh, so these are stormwater detention areas, and basically what they do is they capture all the nutrients throughout the community and they they store them there. So when we build a new community, you know you got houses, you got roads, you got driveways, sidewalks. So all these impermeable services are going to transfer water, you know, down the street into that magical drain. Uh, that drain then goes into a, a storage pump, which is, you know, essentially what they're calling a lake. So our goal as as lake management is to, you know, provide you with that aesthetics and, and that appeal uh, that you're looking for in your community to raise property value. But at the end of the day, you know, these are these are dumps. Um, they're dumps that, that need to be clean uh, constantly. There's different grass clippings, leaves, acorns, trash, everything that goes down that drain and, and, and fertilizer is a problem as well. So our goal as as lake managers is is to really let these environments thrive and to create a great ecosystem for for families and and communities to enjoy. There should be a difference then between like what you would consider a real pond or lake and then the stormwater which you manage. Do you does your do you handle both? And and if that case, you know, you have the like you said the grass clippings and all the stuff going into the stormwater one. You know, how are you managing the actual lake pond, something that's naturally there if the realtor didn't lie to them and say that, you know, it was on lakefront? I mean, I guess how are we how do you differentiate between the two? 
Um, so, so all these ponds are dug, so they're not naturally existing. They never, they never used to be there. The plans from development caused X amount of area, you know, that was going to be roads, and, and they put a calculation together to figure out how many ponds that the community needs. A lake is where these ponds are going, uh, in a way. To answer your question, the best way to manage a lake is to really manage what feeds that lake. We'll do different contracts and, and bids as far as doing, you know, aquatic plantings. Uh, we'll do dredging stuff for, for, for natural water bodies because of the inputs that, you know, we have by, by just growing at such a rapid rate in Florida. But, you know, every, every private homeowner, uh, if you live on a lake is, is granted, um, basically dock easement access, which allows them to clear out X amount of vegetation to have the ability to enjoy that waterway. We don't typically specialize in that. There's companies that specialize in, in, in solely lakes uh, and taking care of private homes. But, but our goal uh, and, and what my company thrives to do is, is to increase property values within your community by providing these ponds to look the way that we want them to look. Okay, so when it comes to the community associations then, and we're dealing with this, well, let me ask you the first question. Would these be safe for recreation or swimming or something like that? Or is that something you don't want to do? Yeah, I wouldn't okay. recommend anyone swimming on these ponds. I wouldn't recommend eating the fish. I wouldn't recommend uh, anything of that nature. Um, provided that I don't know what what's going in there. You know, someone changes their oil on their driveway, it rains, it goes right into the pond. You know, would you want to drink uh, oil in your water? Probably not. You know, would you want uh, you know different fluids? You know, different pollutants, different trash. One of the biggest things that we find is is that that doggy bag that's full of a uh, a couple of well, I guess we can say. Yeah. Doggy stuff. Doggy is, stuff. Is what we talk. So really what we need to do is put up a sign that says no swimming. Chad, is there a difference in what you can do between a new community and an existing community with an older pond when you see things like, uh, you know, this pond is, is green with algae and it, you can kind of see it everywhere? Because obviously it's a body of water. It's going to sit. I mean, is there ways to, I mean, obviously you can mitigate that or move it around. I mean, we're, we're right next to one right out here as we're next to Lynn's house. And, you know, I don't know, you deal with it a lot more than I do because I don't live next to a pond, but you know, what can you do with things like that? Yeah. So there's, there's all kinds of stuff to do. Um, and, and it's really, it, it takes the professional, you know, ex- experience. And that's why I constantly say, Hey, call us out for a free survey. It's not going to hurt, you know, for anything. Um, older communities, ponds don't get better with age. Um, you know, if, if we, if we look at an older community and they say, Oh, 10 years ago, my pond used to look great. You know, what happened to it? Realistically, what happened was there's a buildup, you know, of over 10 years, you know, let's, I got an oak tree in my front yard and I, every fall it sheds a lot of leaves and it takes five, six trash cans to, to bag those up. And you got to do it once, you got to do it twice. But a lot of, you know, a lot of these communities, everyone hires a, a landscaper to, to do their the maintenance. And I've seen countless times of people just blowing grass clippings and uh, leaves right down that storm drain. So as these nutrients uh, build up in your pond, your pond basically saturates. Uh, and once you reach a saturation point, there's really not much you can do but kick the can down the road. So we'll use different algaecides to kind of uh, put Band-Aid approaches on on these ponds and uh, basically give you that visual appearance that you're looking for. But if your pond's over 10, 15 years old and you're constantly having issues, you need to look into other things. And, and one of those things is, is dredging. Um, and, and that's what we'll do to basically reset your pond. Uh, and it's, it, it's sad because, you know, you have reserve studies built for all these different things throughout the community. And it's like, oh, I got to redo my roofs at this time. I got to do roads at this time. But, but rarely someone puts in, you got to dredge. And 
you can have five different contractors. We all know the same stuff. We all know that we have the same products. We know what to do. You know, granted, I could treat it maybe twice a month and, and someone says I'll treat it once and, you know, you might get better results. But at the end of the day, you're not going anywhere. Um, so, so I really thrive to, uh, to, and, and try to really provide proactive solutions to these algae issues. You know, if, if you're experiencing constant algae, there's something else that needs to be done and there's something else that should be done. Uh, we've gone through different um, bacteria. It's kind of an interesting thing that's starting to get hot in the market um, because some of these algicides and, and municipalities are starting to say, hey, maybe we don't want all these chemicals in our ponds. Maybe we're kind of reaching a point where we need to, to change and, and, and to think about modern day solutions. So the same way uh, we use probiotics in our body to kind of break down our food and to really you know, provide digestion, I can do the same thing for your pond. You know, we can use a, it's basically a beneficial bacteria. It's natural. I can eat it. It has no side effects to dogs, uh, to cats or, you know, a, a kid, um, that might be playing in the water. And that's something that you can look into if you haven't already. Think about, you know, maybe sustainable approaches moving forward. Um, there's, there's all kinds of things that can be done. I think the industry is, is kind of done the same thing for too long. I think there needs to be more regulations into what we do and, and what we have done. I tried to lead the charge and, and really do uh, the right thing for you guys. So, Chad, it's interesting you're talking about bacteria. I was thinking about the bacteria that you hear about when it gets super hot in the summer. And every now and then there will be uh, the news will come out with some kid died because the bacteria went into their ear and went to their brain. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes, I, I, I do. I, I do know what you're talking about, but, but I'll elaborate on that a little further as far as, you know, there's, there's, there could be a hundred different bacteria that are living in your pond. Um, they are correlated, you know, a bacteria, you know, the same way anything else grows, it needs to eat. There needs to be a food source for them, basically your nitrates and your phosphates. So the higher concentration of nutrients you have and the more optimal conditions you have for growth, the more bacteria that's going to grow. I think the bacteria you most commonly see in, in ponds that I would be, you know, concerned about is, is called a cyanobacteria. Uh, and that's a, like a blue green algae here on the news, um, over on the West Coast or down in South Florida causes massive fish kills is it's, it's actually a toxic, uh, algae. It's in the algae family, but, or the bacteria family. I'm sorry. Um, and, and this, this will cause massive fish kills. It'll kill turtles. It'll kill, uh, dogs if they're drinking the water. Um, it, it's really no good. And, and I've seen it and probably hundred ponds throughout central Florida. So therefore, if you are a, a homeowner and you have a pond and you start seeing dead fish, dead turtles in your pond, it's time to then reach out to your HOA board president and say, Hey, let's bring in Chad and have him take a look. I mean, th I would assume that would be a good indicator. Or is it something that if, if you guys are checking on a regular basis or these things that you're looking for or you're looking for signs that it may exist and then testing further? Um, so it's a little bit of both. You know, we're, we're really geared toward proactive approaches. So we are doing within every monthly treatment, we're taking a, a, a essentially a water test. Uh, we're looking for things that are going to contribute to that bacteria bloom uh, or essentially an algae bloom that could cause issues. One of the the biggest things that, you know, that you see is, is, or I would, I would look for is, is does your pond kind of resemble a pea soup color? And that's a big indicator for the cyanobacteria. Hey everyone. Here's some things you should know from CAMU. CAMU offers monthly luncheons 
and CEU credits for CAMs in Orlando, Jacksonville, and Tampa. Be sure to check out cam-university.com to see what's coming up in your area. If your management company is interested in doing a podcast to help educate your board members, we can do that. Call CAM University at 407-430-6109 for more information. If you're a CAM and you would like us to come to your area to set up an event, let us know. Again, give us a call at 407-430-6109. And now back to the show. What about a fountain? Does a fountain help mitigate any of this at all? So that fountain's actually shooting that uh, toxin up in the air and causing respiratory issues throughout the community. Um, so that's one big thing that, you know, it's really, you know, I feel like ponds and lakes are just so overlooked because no one really even correlates health issues with, with the look of their pond. And, and that could be something that directly affects anyone in the community. Chad, let me ask you this. We have people that listen to this all over the country. Obviously, we're here in Central Florida. Uh, but when people are looking for someone like you to come out and look at their ponds and their lakes and, you know, everything that goes with it, is there a certain license or a certain certificate or certification that they need to have to make sure that the people that they're having come out and look at this are competent in, you know, what they're going to be able to tell them? Yeah. So, and every state's different, you know, so, so for us, we would go through um, essentially almost the, you know, EPA department of agriculture and, and we license through them and, and, and UF actually puts on a good program uh, for us to get our license. And, and we take the same way property managers do. We do CEU courses to, to maintain our license, to make sure we're up to date with all the new technologies um, and, and things that are going on in the world. Um, I constantly uh, attend different events, different seminars throughout the state of Florida, uh, different uh, doctors and biologists put on uh, stuff for us to see. So uh, technology is getting better. Um, and, you know, I'll, I'll switch back to the fountain because I, I kind of had another thing to pick on that. Absolutely. Go for um, it. So fountains are there for aesthetics. That's, that's what they're there for. They don't do an adequate job uh, as far as um, really kind of turning your water body over um, and, and giving adequate aeration that a pond needs. So there's two types of essentially, I guess, systems that you would install into your pond won't be strictly an aeration system. Uh, and there's two types of aeration system. One's going to really turn the water, create a bunch of ripples, create a bunch of surface movement, which uh, in turn is going to create more surface area for oxygen to dissolve. The key is we need oxygen in these ponds. Uh, the other way to do that is to put a diffuse system, which is going to take um, essentially air from outside. It's going to pump it through a compressor, down through weighted airline hoses, and out through almost a bubble stone. Something similar to what you see in, uh, in an aquarium. Um, the same way that if we want to get uh, algae out of uh, an aquarium, we need to have a filter and we need to have adequate oxygen in the water body. That's awesome. It's good to know this stuff. You're, you're a plethora of knowledge, Chad. Well, thank you. So one thing I have to ask the audience, for the audience to know, Chad's last name is Bass, Chad Bass. Do you stock bass in the <laughs> I, I I sure do. So so uh, fish stocking is something we do as well. Uh, and those, those actually help us um, to maintain the water body the right way. Um, so there's there's different fish there's herbaceous fish such as your tilapia and grass carp uh grass carp we get uh, permitted through uh, actually uh the florida fish and wildlife um association and and you know we 
we put those in there to help control uh, aquatic weeds such as hydrilla and, and some of the issues that cause these um, issues in your pond. That was one of my questions. I even have it written here, invasive, invasive species. Um, are there things, you know, that you do get and, you know, cause I know I, I tell people I'm from Minnesota originally and, you know, there's things that you get in the North. Like they, when you pull your boat out of the water, you got to really spray it down so you don't move this algae from one lake to another lake. And that is a very big deal up North. Are there things you find like that here in the Southeast or in Florida in particular? Yeah. So hydrilla is our biggest invasive plant species that we see in ponds. Um, it's, it's throughout the, the Kissimmee chain of lakes. It's throughout you know, really the state of Florida. Um, so it's, it's a noxious weed it actually came from China through aquarium trade. Uh, and, and it took, you know, one guy to dump the aquarium into a, a system and then birds, you know, take ceilings from this pond to that pond. Uh, and, and what people don't realize is in the summertime during optimal conditions, that, that plant can grow an inch a day. Um, so, you know, you have an eight foot deep pond, you know, you're growing an inch of the day. The next thing you know, a month later, your whole pond's topped out with this, with this hydrilla species. And now your pond can't hold the right amount of water to be able to, to prevent flood control. Well, I'm not sure what a hydrilla species looks like, but I will tell you when I first moved here and we first built our house, I did a big no-no. I went to one of the neighboring ponds that had really beautiful cattails and I wanted some in my pond. So I dug them up and I brought them and put them in my pond and I got a really dirty look from the HOA president and, and I don't know. And then they ended up killing them. Is it, is it bad for people to relocate plants? Is that, should they leave it to you, the professionals, if they want to get some sort of plants growing in there? What, what's your advice yeah, on that? W- without a doubt. And, and, you know, we, we actually plant plants in ponds as well. Um, but we try to provide, the right plants that are native to the environment. You know, we want to create a, a habitat for fish and for birds and for wildlife to enjoy. Um, and, and when you start to see, you know, nice birds and, and wading berries and fish and, you know, your water starts to clean up, you know, it, it really gives you a sense of, you know, we're here and we're, and we're in nature and we have a thriving ecosystem within our, within our neighborhood community. Um, I do always recommend planting uh, plants in pots because if there's not, something there uh, that's going to outcompete, you know, invasive species, something's just going to come in and then you're just going to spray over and over again. So our idea is to really kind of create a sustainable environment. So ponds have, you know, different depths. So, you know, around the pond, uh, typically it's shallow and that's to prevent erosion. Uh, it makes sure you don't have, you know, just a big drop and that way your, your, your shoreline kind of fluffs apart. So that's called the littoral shelf. So littoral shelf is typically the areas where you're going to have most of your issues. So if it's not planted adequately, you're going to have different invasive species and algae grow because that's that shallow environment that gets the right amount of sunlight for stuff to grow. I'm glad you brought that up. So if there, if I have a new community, you know, and I have my stormwater, when should I be contacting you to do something like that, you know, to, to work on a pond or to have the right plants there to filter it. And if I have an existing community and my ponds, how long, I guess, you know, cause these are two questions now, would it take if my pond is, you know, bad per se in quotes and Lynn took something from another pond and put it in my pond. Cause we found that Lynn likes to do naughty things with ponds. We just found out, but you know, how long does it take to uh, bring a pond back up to speed as opposed to when am I going to contact you with a new pond and have it done right? So let's start with, I guess, with the new. The new should be, you know, we should be in contact right away, um, you know, f- uh, from even the, the developer standpoint, you know, and I think that's that's kind of the misconception and and, and maybe a lack of, of knowledge to people moving in here. Everyone wants, you know, that 
that golf course look. You know, we want we want no plants. Well, we want no. We're nothing. in Florida, of course. We want crystal clear water. We want it all, Chad. We want we want this, and we don't want in your stupid plants because plants might have a snake that grows. You know that 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 thrives or you know whatever it is. And you know, realistically, it's you know what what would you prefer? Would you want you know a toxic algae, or would you want you know flowers to grow around your pond and have you know a natural thriving environment? Um, as far as, you know, age communities, you know, if it's kind of goes back to the same thing is, you know, there's, there's kind of two ways to do this is, you know, you can, you know, go heavy on herbaceous fish. You can, you know, bring in tilapia and you can bring in carp, uh, and you can see how much they can eat and you can spray every month over and over again. You know, you, you kill the plant, algae grows, you kill the algae, plant grows back kill the algae, then kill the plant. And it's really just a kick the can down the road method that just is is so wrong as far as, um, you know, long-term sustainable solutions for, for your communities. So basically, if uh, an association hires you, brings you on, it, it is not just a once and done thing. It is a maintenance plan. It is making sure that everything's taken care of, just like your swimming pool has maintenance. The ponds have maintenance. Give me an idea of what, and and maybe all the cams that are listening already know this, but I'm not a cam, so this is new to me. Um, I just would like to know kind of how how that works with a contract with a company such as Lake Pros. Yeah, so the industry standard uh, with Lake Pros and, and some of the other management companies are is is a monthly management plan. Uh, and you know, depending on how many water bodies you have, how much acreage, you know, how much time it's going to take. You know, it could be you know once a month treatment slash uh, inspections slash trash cleanups slash you know. Uh, maybe relocate some plants from one side of the pond to the other. You know, there's there's so much things that we do out there um, that really kind of go unseen, uh, and it's it's and everyone kind of asks that question: is is Chad, what the hell do you do? <laughs> and and the answer is, you know, every every pond is different. I can't. There's not one thing I can say. You know, every visit we're going to put X amount of this product in, X amount of product uh, product of that in, and and voila, you're done. You know, this isn't landscaping. We're not out there with two weed whackers, and we know we have to weed whack every time, and we have to mow every time. Um, you know, the typically our, our management plans spread out throughout the year. Uh, summer, we know that things grow a lot faster, the same way they do in in, in the landscape world. Um, summer, you get more of your optimal conditions, your algae growth, your you know your invasive plants, your uh, cutting the grass more, which adds you know a, a big impact as far as nutrients. Um, and, and that's that's kind of how we we do things. And, you know, we have different algaecides that we use. You know, there's different bacteria that we use more in the winter time for proactive stuff to kind of eat away at what you have there to kind of save you from doing that big cost uh, as far as dredging. Uh, in summertime, we're, we're we might be running around with our heads cut off uh, to kind of keep up with what's getting put in. Um, and, and that's, there really is no perfect answer to that question. So Chad, thank you. Um, and I'm, I'm, I have one more thing I want to talk about, but before I do, I, I have to ask you in, you've been doing this for quite some time. What is the most bizarre, do you have a bizarro story or a a story about a, a lake, a pond, alligators, whatnot that you could share with the audience? It'd be dead body. No. Yeah. I was going to say dead body. <laughs> I was literally going to go, oh, you find a dead body? Really? It would be, be dead body. And uh, during an excavation job where we drained a pond, um, there was, I, I'm not even going to say it. I don't think it fits your guys' uh, podcast. But, you know, uh, let's say, you know, it was something that belonged in the bedroom and there was multiple of them. No. All right. So in every Cam you podcast, we give an opportunity 
to the audience to win a $50 gift card donated by our guest speaker, which today is Chad Bass. Be sure to follow KMU on Facebook and LinkedIn to learn when our secret drawing will be, and then you can have a chance to win. But in order to win, you need to know the secret word. And Chad, tell us what that secret word is. Ooh, I think we're going to have to go with the secret word of algae. Algae. That makes a lot of sense. I love it. Uh, yeah, we didn't really. And, and I was just joking. I was going to say, oh, you ever find a dead body in a pond is like a joke. But yeah, you did. So that wouldn't have been funny. That would have just been awkward. I'm glad you brought that up, Lynn, and not me. So we'll throw that back on you. I mean, I'll be honest with you. In this last half hour, I've learned more than I ever could have possibly thought was imaginable. Like you said, with when people ask what the heck you do, well, there's a lot to it. Hey, Chad, why don't you go ahead and give everybody your contact information? So they can visit our website. Uh, it's going to be www.lakepro.co. Uh, they can call me directly uh, at 407-595-3648. Uh, and they also can email me at chad.bass at lakepro.co. Wonderful. All right. Well, for Chad and Lake Pros, for Lynn from CamUniversity.com, I'm Jason Eckman. That's all we have for you this week. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast service so you know when new shows are available. And remember, don't just listen to this information, listen to it and get out there and use it. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the show. This content is delivering value to you. Please go to iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or wherever you're listening to this and rate and review us. Also, be sure to subscribe so you are notified when we release another show. All of those things help us to build this community, and that's what we're all about. To grow this as big as we can and get more people involved, to help people, and to bring as much value as possible. You guys rating, reviewing, and subscribing really helps with that. To contact us, drop us an email at info at cam-university.com. That is info at cam-university.com. Or you can leave us a message at 407-430-6109. You can also reach us on our Facebook page. Just search Cam University. If you're looking for events or vendors, go to cam-university.com. And remember, don't just listen to this information. Listen to it and then get out there and use it. Have a great day.